I'm Josh Israel, and this is the ACO Show. For this episode, we are going to talk about annual wellness visits, called AWVs for short. In particular, we want to take a look at an article that was just published in the March issue of the American Journal of Managed Care. The article reports on a study that examined the effects of annual wellness visits on healthcare quality and healthcare costs. We have a two-part show for you today, where we'll be talking about different aspects of the study with two different authors of the paper. For some background on AWVs, this is a visit that is available to all Medicare beneficiaries and is a visit that Medicare particularly encourages by having no deductibles or copayments for the patients. An AWV is different from a routine annual physical. A routine annual physical is a visit that does not have a clear benefit for asymptomatic older adults. AWVs are also not about addressing acute issues. It's a visit with a list of required components that focus on preventive care such as asking about social supports, screening for risk of falling, which is a big problem in the elderly, screening for depression, doing advanced care planning, and talking with patients about generally how to stay healthy. The only physical components of the visit are checking blood pressure and measuring body mass index. 90% of AWVs that are done are done by primary care providers, but most patients don't get an AWV. The rate in 2014 was only 16% of patients getting an AWV. We are going to start today with a conversation with Jen King, who runs analytics at Allidade, and she shares her thoughts on the process of both using and adding to the evidence base on what works in value-based care, and in particular, this paper's methods and outcomes. So I'm delighted today to talk to Jen King. Jen is the Vice President of Analytics here at Allidade. Uh, thanks for coming on, Jen. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so in particular, I wanted to talk about the paper that was just published in the March issue of the American Journal of Managed Care titled Medicare Annual Wellness Visit Association with Healthcare Quality and Costs. I know that was something you worked on. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your job here at Allidade and how it led you to get involved with, with this particular study? Sure. Um, well, as you as you know well, uh, Allidate is an incredibly data hungry company, and uh, folks across the company really spend a lot of time uh, using data to answer questions. Uh, but on the analytics team, it's uh, we're lucky that that is our full time job. Uh, and one of the one of the many areas that we uh, focus in is answering questions around whether what we are doing at Allidate is having the the effect that we are intending and hoping for. Um, so, you know, we really spend a good amount of time uh, working with teams across Allidade, trying to ensure that as we roll out new uh, new interventions or test new ideas, we are doing so in a way that will allow us to um, analyze and learn uh, from whether or not uh, uh, those activities are ultimately translating into improved care and reduced costs. Um, uh, you know, the goal being first and foremost to really inform internal decision-making. If, if something is working, how can we scale it more broadly? Uh, alternatively, if something isn't working, uh, how can we quickly pull the plug and, and shift our resources elsewhere to something that could have a greater impact? Um, so, uh, you know, AWVs, annual wellness visits, are a core strategy for Allidade. So we have always um, really focused on 
learning along the way, whether or not they were having the effect that we were uh, uh, hoping that they would um, for internal decision-making purposes. Um, but we also have the goal at Allidade of contributing to the public evidence base on what's working in value-based care more broadly so that we can um, hopefully be you know, one piece of the, the broader movement towards value-based care and, and contribute to better policy and implementation uh, across the country in that regard. Um, so in, in the cases where we do have results that we think could be informative for the broader evidence base, uh, we are excited to be able to contribute those as well in the literature. Allidade got into doing annual wellness visits pretty early on in, it, in its existence as a company, but what was the public evidence base for what works for AWVs? Yeah, so um, AWVs uh, are um, have been around a while now, but uh, when Allidade first started um, as a company, we're still relatively new. They were um, introduced as part of the Affordable Care Act and uh, could first be built through Medicare in 2011. Um, so really the evidence base is, is still emerging on AWVs. Um, many of the initial studies that are out there focused on national uptake, uh, which, which was slow to start. Um, so there are studies that were published showing you know, increases in rates of AWVs um, from, you know, less than 10% in 2011 to uh, still less than 20% in 2014. Um, uh, so really tracking sort of adoption and characteristics of the practices that were adopting AWVs uh, and and not much evidence out there about the the actual effects of AWVs on, on care delivery or outcomes. Um, and those that did exist were really um, focused on sort of single institutions or smaller sort of case studies. Uh, and there was some evidence that AWVs could increase the provision of preventive services and those kinds of things. But um, uh, when Allidade first uh, made this a core part of our strategy was really driven by the belief and not so much supported by external evidence uh, that, that the time spent with patients during AWVs could really drive patient engagement in our ACO population and uh, help identify and triage unknown or neglected risk factors, um, helping the ACO uh, deliver better care to this patient population over the course of the, the ACO year. So that's a great lead in to this paper. So what did it find when you took a, a harder, more empirical look at it? Yeah, so we, um, in this paper, focused on uh, uh, two uh, of our initial ACOs, Delaware and primary care ACOs, which uh, primary care is made up of practices in Maryland, New York, and Arkansas. Um, and we started here sort of mostly because of early data availability in those, in those two ACOs um, and looked at um, patients who received annual wellness visits from their ACO primary care provider in 2015 and compared uh, cost and utilization uh, trends for those patients from the 11 months before their AWV to the 11 months after their AWV and did a difference in differences analysis to look at changes in cost and utilization for patients who received an AWV compared to similar patients uh, who did not receive an AWV during that same time period. Um, and then we also looked at uh, differences in clinical quality measures among Bennies who uh, had AWVs compared to those who didn't um, during that year as well. Uh, and our our key findings were really that um, uh, on the cost and utilization front, uh, we did find a differential reduction in cost for 
uh, patients who received an annual wellness visit compared to those who didn't. And this was really concentrated among the highest risk patients uh, and risk being measured by, by HCC score. So for patients who um, were relatively high risk, we saw a, a significant reduction of uh, in total cost of care in the in the period following their AWV. And the primary drivers of this lower cost were uh, lower hospitalization um, inpatient spending and hospital outpatient spending as well. So was it fewer hospital days or, or less spending for the same amount of hospital days? It was the latter. So we, when we looked at utilization, we actually did not see a statistically significant difference in the number of hospital stays or emergency department visits um, after an AWV, but we did see that um, spending for hospitalizations was was lower in the in the post period. So um, of the hospitalizations that occurred, um, they were uh, less expensive in nature. So you're saying it's the same number of hospitalizations, but less intensive services required during the hospitalization is, is what it appeared to be. For the hospitalization spending specifically, yes, that does appear to be the case. And then um, there was, um, you know, the total spending reduction was accrued across multiple different categories of spending, but the, the hospitalization piece was one where it um, was particularly pronounced. When you saw the results of this paper, did it make you think Allidade should be doing anything different regarding annual wellness visits for keeping patients healthy? So when we first started to see these trends emerge in our internal analyses, we did um, it did help us sharpen our strategy. So the findings that AWVs were um, appear to be most effective amongst the highest risk patients has informed the way we prioritize patients for annual wellness visit outreach in our in our partner practices, for example. So by the time we um, had refined the study and the analysis enough to get it out in into peer review. Um, a lot of those initial findings that we had seen internally had had um, certainly informed the some of the tactics that we use to pursue AWVs with our partner practices, um, and really sort of provided additional evidence and motivation behind the the initial uh, strategy of of investing in AWVs to begin with. Well, that's great. Did you know when you came to a, a venture capital-backed company that you'd be getting to still do clinical studies and peer-reviewed publications? So that was that was the hope. Um, I, I joined Allidate after having worked with the founders uh, at the Department of Health and Human Services, and uh, that was one of the things that um, drew me to Allidate was uh, knowing that we would be committed to using data to both drive internal decision-making, but also help inform uh, sort of public understanding of of what's working and what's not in in these efforts. And so, um, of course, a lot of the internal demands uh, make it make it difficult to sometimes uh, invest in the external facing products, but we are uh, excited to be able to do so. Well, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you. For the last part of this show, we are joined by Dr. Farzad Mostashari, the CEO of Allidade, for his key takeaways from this study. Let's just get right to it. And thank you to Aaron Wang, who produced this episode. Farza, we are glad to have you back. Thanks for having me. So let's do a little bit of background on annual wellness visits. It's a fairly new thing for Medicare. Why did Medicare want to incentivize this new kind of visit? Yeah, you know, Medicare really has been trying to get more money to primary care to do more primary care stuff, right? So 
If you think about the past few years, there have been a number of new kinds of codes that have been introduced, transitional care management, chronic care management, and the annual wellness visit. And these are all meant to provide an opportunity for primary care to spend more time with the patient to do things that in the case of the annual wellness visit is meant to emphasize wellness, not wait until the person gets sick and then treat them. So it's a, maybe call it a good fee-for-service approach, saying, look, there's some things that are, uh, yes, we're gonna pay for this fee-for-service, but we're gonna pay for prevention type stuff instead of sick care type stuff. And in order to encourage this happening, we're gonna waive the copay for the patient. Uh, because they're not coming in because they have some acute problem, so that may not be, it may be hard for you to get them to do it if they have to pay a copay. We're going to make it a zero copay visit, and we're going to pay you a little bit more instead of you know getting 90 bucks on uh, on on a regular E&M visit. You can make 140 bucks or 175 bucks on an initial annual wellness visit that may take a long time. So they're really Medicare is trying to do within the constraints of the fee-for-service system, they're kind of pushing the limits, I would say, on, on how much you could uh, encourage prevention that way. Now, Allidate is not a very old company. And when it was even a brand new company with the world in front of you and a <laughs> lot of possibilities, yeah. but also it being very important to succeed, you decided even back then to take on annual wellness visits as something important for primary care. That was the first thing we did. And why was that? Yeah, so uh, I, before I started Allidade, um, some listeners may know, uh, I was at the Brookings Institute where we created a learning center for physician-led ACOs. That is where I thought, you know, the, the future was gonna be bright for physician-led ACOs. And we, you know, talked to a bunch of folks who'd been doing it for all of a year, right? And we're like, what, what do you think is, is a really good idea to do? And a number of them talked about this new code as being an opportunity to kind of uh, check off a bunch of things at the same time. One of them was, well, CMS is, and no one really understood what the impact of the attribution stuff was going to be, but um, this can be a way of strengthening your connection to the patients, but also making sure you gain attribution for people who you're, you're serving as a primary care provider to, because that's going to be based on the plurality of primary care services delivered. This is a high value service. This is going to tilt the balance in your favor. So that was one thing. The so, second making, thing so making sure that the patients who you had worked with that's right. would be included in your ACO. In your ACO. So increase the number of patients under, under management. Um, uh, the second was, uh, well, this is, you know, there, there's a bunch of quality measures we have to meet. We have to do well on quality. So uh, while we're doing this visit, there's 13 different quality measures that you can make sure that you systematically collect and, and address um, while you're doing this. And in fact, in our study, we also found very huge, like, massive impact, 40-50% improvement on things like screening for false risk or depression and smaller but still statistically significant improvements in things like A1C control, right? Which is huge, actually, if you think about it. So that was the second purpose. Um, but really the way that we wanted to use this annual wellness visit was for the purpose in which it's intended, which is to ask the question, what's gonna get this person hospitalized over the next 12 months, and what can I do today 
to prevent that. And and not in the context of the patients coming in with four complaints and you gotta work on, 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 on those things and then at the end of the visit be like, okay, now what was it about? Like, am I gonna test their gait or think about their depression? Like, no, at the end of that visit, you just you wanna be done and go on to the next patient, right? So that's the idea behind how and why we emphasize the annual wellness visit. It was literally the first app we built was here's a priority list of patients who um, you, should, you should call and it's just a list, right? It's just, it's the, it couldn't be simpler. Here's a list of patients, but in, to, in order to make that list, we, these are the things that we had to consider. One, how sick is the patient? So the sicker they are, the more they, we thought they would benefit from an annual wellness visit. In fact, that turned out to be true. Two, have they seen you recently? If they've seen you recently, then you don't need to see them again. So uh, you had to go back to that practices claims data to figure out um, if they had um, if they had billed a visit with that patient. Three, are they due for a visit? If they're already coming in for another visit, then we don't need to call, reach them out, and and, and bring them in for another visit. So we were pulling in um, their their clinical history and risk factors and their uh, their pre-adjudicated 837 claims history and their scheduling information, three separate data streams, plus any um, health information exchange data about hospitalizations, experience they'd had, in all in order to create a ranked list. At the end of the day, we hand to the practice and say, call this list. So let's get to the key takeaways. Now that there is an actual published peer review study of the work you took on, what, what are the findings that we should be aware of? Well, the first finding uh, was, as we expected, that it would it was a big improvement in improving quality. But you know, our goal was not um, just quality, right? And our goal was not just attribution. Our goal was actually, you know, this is this visit is gonna, on the plus side, is gonna cost m- money, but give revenue to the practices. That's great, except we're in the saving money business. So we're happy for our primary care practices to make more money, but our emphasis with them is we wanna get you the much larger checks than you would get for fee-for-service visits by helping reduce hospitalizations and hospital costs and total cost of care. And did it do that? And the answer was yes, it did do that. Um, When you compare patients who got the annual wellness visit to other patients like them, who did not get the annual wellness visit, you found a big decrease in cost, about $500, $480. And if the annual wellness visit is $142, then that's the almost almost a 3x return on investment. So that's that, that works. Anything else? Um, I, I think uh, the, the, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, the difficulty of doing these sort of studies, but the necessity of doing these sort of studies in the context of accountable care and doing something that really is, there's, yes, I wrote the toolkit on it, but no, there isn't a really a toolkit for how do you, how do, you do this in a way that, uh, that works. So we have to have humility about knowing what we don't know. And when we started this, we did not know we didn't know, we believed, we hoped, we expected, we hypothesized that it would work, but we didn't know. And so having the capacity to and the curiosity to and the humility to open yourself up and say, well, does it work or not is really important. But what I also learned from this and in the difficulty of the 
the protracted peer review process and the statistical analysis we had to do, it was so complicated because there was such a high bar to pass that did you, did you compare these patients to other patients like them who would have gotten an annual wellness visit but just happened not to? How do you make sure that this wasn't just selection bias? Because we have such a great capacity to convince ourselves that things work because look, I did this to this person. I asked them to you know, stand on their head and they, their costs you know, went down. And it's like, well, okay, the people who will stand on their heads are you know, different than the people who wouldn't stand on their heads. So of course, they're gonna be different in terms of their cost experience. So um, what, it, what it makes me think of is uh, we should randomize. And this is, a, this is a huge, I think, step forward in terms of having patient level randomization in the work that we do because it's really hard to let go of the belief that, you know what, I, I really believe this thing works, I should give it to everybody. And so holding back 10% of, 10 of the population or 30% of the population and not giving them something that you really, in your heart of hearts, think might work, right, is hard to do. But unless, unless we do that, we're, we will never really, 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 really be sure that uh, this, you know, these are due to selection bias. Now, the work of improving healthcare is never done. What do you think are the main unanswered questions still regarding annual wellness visits? Well, the context here is the most important thing. So I'm actually very um, happy with the, with the kind of being able to say that within these Allidate practices, with all of the supports that we gave them and all the training and all the templating and all of the, the making sure the education and all that, uh, that these annual wellness visits worked. But the real question is generalizability. Do, do they work outside of this context? Will they work outside of physician-led ACOs? Would they work um, if, you know, just the way that most people are doing them as any wellness visits, I'm kind of skeptical uh, that that without having a focus on, as we did, on preventing hospitalizations and reducing total cost of care, whether they would actually be effective at reducing cost of care. So I think the first question uh, that, that I think is interesting is around generalizability. And then the second question is delving a little bit deeper into, well, what are the components of it? And maybe you can't, maybe it's the whole thing together, but what were the components of it that were, had the biggest contribution to um, reducing hospital costs? And now that you have that, what does Allied plan to do with this information, this apparent confirmation? Uh, well, more annual wellness visits. Um, and uh, I, ideally, um, being able to use this as a tool to, uh, to help uh, convince uh, and persuade and motivate um, more of our practices that the, these these are truly you know uh, life saving and and important. Uh, it's not don't just treat it as a check the box exercise. Really embrace the true meaning behind these these wellness visits. Now, like me, I assume that when you read a journal article, you skip to the end to see the funding source. You know, we, <laughs> we all know that that who buttered the bread can uh -huh. can impact what was written. So, Allidate is a company that encourages annual wellness visits and puts out an article encouraging annual wellness visits. Yeah. And, you know, any reason people should be skeptical? Yeah, that's such a that's such a uh, great question because a lot of the reviewers were confused on that point and seemed to be voicing concern that, as you said, well, but Allidate's a for-profit, right? And I'm like, well, okay, but let's, let's go to the next level here, right? If we were in the business of selling annual wellness visits and taking a piece of every annual wellness visit done, and there are companies that do that, 
then absolutely I would be very leery of, of a company's, you know, own analysis that says that that was the case. But that's not how we make money. At Allidade, we don't get a piece of the practice's increased revenue and annual illness visit. In fact, it hurts us in terms of total cost of care if you just look at it uh, that way. So this is a great example of what Nassim Taleb calls skin in the game, right? If you really want to see if someone believes in something, then ask them, you know, are you putting your own, you know, are you, are you, are you at, at risk here? Are you putting your own skin in the game. And we are. So if Allidade is willing to spend money on this annual wellness visit for a company whose existence depends on our ability to reduce hospitalization, to reduce total cost of care and improve quality, then I think that should speak much more loudly than an academic uh, researcher who's, you know, their bread is buttered on having a, you know, P less than 0.05 in a, in a publication in a good journal. Not that it's, I'm just saying, not that that's a bad thing. Like I, I, I think we, this academic uh, research system is something that we should be tremendously grateful for. But if, I'm just saying, if anything, looking at our incentives should make you feel more confident that if this company is putting their own skin on in the game, then, then the likelihood that this is, you know, torturing p-values to get to significance uh, doesn't apply. All right. Well, thank you for coming in, Farzad. It's always great to talk to you. And congratulations to the whole team on the endless race of improving healthcare. It's a, this article is a nice milestone. Thanks so much, Josh. And I, I, also, I would be remiss if I, if I didn't mention that, you know, the work of the analysis and the writing and, and, and so forth is, is just a minuscule fraction of the true work that went into working with these 143 practices uh, uh, that, that was involved in actually getting them uh, to change their workflows, to make those calls, to uh, do all the screenings and do all the immunizations and the blood pressure control and the A1C control uh, and the falls risk assessments and the depression screening and all of that work that ended up uh, having value for the practices and for the patients.